0: Across Australia and the rest of the world, you're listening to I'm Rex Hunt and you're nuts. I've got a special guest and he's a dear friend and I've known him for 50 years and uh, can you guess who it is? 50 years today he made his debut at Arden Street for Richmond against North Melbourne and kicked four goals. He stood out with his height, his big physique, his long flowing hair which I haven't had and never had and a penchant for throwing his weight around. He played 159 games and kicked 229 goals for the Tigers between 1969 and 1979. He played in Richmond's 73 and 74 back to back premierships under legendary coach Tom Hafey. And set in 1972, he combined with Ricky McLean to kick 110 goals between the two of them. Ah, uh, the answer to the Bash brothers, Chris Lynn and Brendan McCullum, there's no doubt about that. He was forced to retire at 27 years of age. You're just warming up now at 27 years of age due to a knee injury. And he went to uh, South Australia and won a couple of premierships in 1982 and 1984. But as I said, we're going to go out to Arden Street. And it's amazing that 3RW have got all of this footage and all of this sound 50 years ago today. When a young boy from Subiaco who crossed the Nullarbor as an 18-year-old playing his first game for Richmond's got three goals and it's deep into the last term, and the Tigers are going to win this one out here in the shadows of the gasometers. Here they come again in the racehorse Graham Bond Hand pass to Bones Richardson. He hand passes to Martin McMillan. He gets it under Daryl. Coming out, he passes to Bam. He's kicked his fourth. Oh, Bammy's kicked four goals under Boo. My goodness gracious me, what a debut. But I reckon I'm a pretty good judge. I reckon this kid from across the Nullarbor is going to be a star. What do you reckon about that, Barmy?
1: <laughs> well, I've, I've got three at the quarter time, and my son said four threes are 12. <laughs> <laughs> but they foolishly, um, I must have done a bit too much too early and they put Peter Stewart on me <laughs> I couldn't find the footy quite as easily. Uh, wasn't, wasn't a bad was
0: player, hard. Peter Stewart, did a knee, yeah, but was, uh, I played on him in a couple of years earlier and he was like Jeff Pride. Gee, he was hard. 50 years ago today, you make your debut as an 18-year-old for the Tigers and what a career you had. Just tell our listeners right around Australia listening to Footy Nightline tonight just how you come to uh, to arrive at Punt Road uh, with your older brother, uh, Ian.
1: Yeah, as a matter of fact, there's been a couple of a photo going around today of, or around the place with uh, me as a 16-, 17-year-old with the Tiger, and they've cut him out. He, he, the best part of the photo was him, the two of us. But, yeah. Uh, but no, it, well, it was just my dad was uh, transferred to Melbourne in his job. We had, there was no In those days, you, you weren't sort of rash enough to think about <laughs> shifting stakes to play footy. Yeah, because even in those days, I think there was a thing called the cult of law, where if you remember, um, I think Cole Beard with us, and I think Sid uh, Jackson and Bert Thornley and a few others had to virtually stand out for twelve months to get a transfer. So they did. There was no, there was no thought of coming. It was only because I was still going to school, and uh, Dad was transferred He work with Nestle in those days, and uh, so we came across. So we were able to get a transfer, obviously because we were. I was a school kid, but he couldn't virtually stop us. So. Fortunately, uh, I'd played a couple of games for Suby as a 16-year-old, which is a, a bit unusual, and um, so there was a little bit of interest. And fortunately, we chose Richmond. But um, typical of, of Ian and I, Swabby is very clever. He said, if you'd not like sign, you can come up with the Gold Coast with us on this trip. I said,
0: well, where, where do we sign? <laughs> where do we sign? But uh, getting back to before you cross the Nullarbor, as a 16-year-old, you came up against a fair player in Graham Polly
1: uh, yeah, I, I did. I played at the Liverpool Oval. He was uh, captain coach of West Perth and I played for Subie against him. And, and I was uh, 12 stone two, I think, in those <laughs> days. So you can imagine how often I got the ball against Polly, who was, uh, yeah. I think he was 33 and I was 16 and a half. So that, even, even in those days, he, he double teamed me, I think. He didn't really need to, yeah. but, he did, but. Yeah, we
0: lovely. go through. You know, a, to... We go through a lot of the blokes who uh, are in our age group, and we get there on the Wednesday before every grand final, and you know, uh, think of the people who haven't made it and that sort of thing. But the under 19s, coached by Ray Slug Jordan, that was just a breeding ground for successful players on that big MCG, and you were no different, Neil.
1: Yeah, it was terrific. I played m- mostly. I played half. Um, uh, what did we, did we call it, was hers in those days? Yeah. I think it was seconds or something, and a half in the in the under-19s, and I was lucky enough to be able to play grand final day for the nineteens in 69, and we won the flag, and no, it was good. Slug was fantastic. I got, got on really well with Slug. We, we, yeah, mate, that's, that's your
0: yeah, foot. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, but no, he was terrific. He was a very good very good coach, helped you helped you learn how to play. He was, a, he was a good friend for a long time, uh, Slug, after that as well. So I was very lucky to, to be involved in
0: that. And, and you weren't you know were lucky, but, uh, you know, Richmond headhunted you to come back uh, as a football manager, and you did, and you've seen the two flags in modern times. But, uh, goodness me, we're all crying in our beer or our red wine and Octos, you know, with these smokers' cough saying, will we ever, ever win another one? They are tough to win, but there's nothing quite like being at Tigerland when you're successful.
1: Oh, no, it's interesting. Um, I've been lucky that I've been involved in footy for 50 years, as, as we find out today. <laughs> <laughs> um, and in the early days, just like you, we had a you know, normal life and a normal job and all that sort of stuff. And that's when I went to Adelaide and coached. I had a, you know, I worked with um, Renown and Perlite, which was part of the Amcor group, and you know ran a packaging firm and had a normal life as well as uh, coaching in footy. And it wasn't until I came back and uh, coached Melbourne that I was, I was full-time in footy. And then fortunately, after that, I was, Lucky enough to fall into the administrative side, which actually suited me. But uh, probably because of the background we we got by living in the normal commercial world as well as as well as the footy world, it's a bit harder for the guys today, I think, because they don't they don't get that experience. So yeah. I, I'm I'm almost perfectly suited to the the footy manager type role. I understand the game enough. I understand coaching. I, I, I believe I'm not quite mad enough to be a great, <laughs> great yeah. coach. Um, that's not. Probably that fair, but um, and fortunately, I had a bit of an idea of how business works. So, uh, you know, worked at Collingwood and Geelong, and now um, doing some work at Richmond. And lucky enough to be there when we've uh, we've got back to our greatest and won a couple of flags. It's almost it's a very very satisfying thing to do. You you know, in footy, you, you don't want to be too kind of emotional about it because it's hard to control. But yeah, to be able to go back to your footy home and actually help them do what they, they've been, as you, as you said, Octor's so desperate for us all to do. Yes. Uh, it is a marvellous feeling, I must say. Well, a, well, Tony Gill
0: would always say to me, you know, and he'd been on this program like you are tonight, he said, I just wish the, the, the Blighters, and he didn't say that, but he said, It'd win win another one, to get it off my back because I don't want to be the, the last living uh, coach of Richmond. But... Going back to 1972, people who probably don't remember back that far, you and I were involved in a game where 50 goals were scored. Uh, we were absolutely odds-on favourite. I reckon we would have been a, a, a dollar twelve. But Jezalenko and Walls and Jackson and Nichols and uh, and and those blokes kicking five and six, they could never ever do it again. But uh, you you did okay that day, but you saved it for 12 months later when we got them back.
1: Yeah, well, it was, I mean, it was, it's always tough to, you know, tough to win those games. We probably, you know, maybe we got ahead of ourselves, I don't know. We we didn't, you know, it's always a bit hard to work out what the motivation was in those days. We we believed in ourselves, we thought we were pretty good. I think Carlton just had one of those days. And they, they did. They When anyone who can kick 28 goals in any game, particularly today, we watched a game tonight where they kicked a handful each. Yeah. There was a lot of goals kicked. There was... You know, you, you look at it. It must have been a wonderful game for people who didn't vote for either side to watch, because there was a, you know, so much scoring and so open and um, uh, so aggressive. But um, for God, that, I, I think after that, we were never going to lose the next year. That no. was what we decided. We said, no matter what happens, we're going to make sure we win the next one. And, I think some of us did some things we're probably not let Brad up necessarily but,
0: we, we but it worked we're going to take a break and come back and then start your footy career again across the border uh, at Norwood and then come back to Melbourne and then talk a little bit more before we let you go but uh, it's always discussed that one of the worst decisions ever made by Richmond was to let the whale Brian Roberts go to uh, to South Melbourne although Francis Jackson uh, went went with him and we got John Pachur, that sort of thing the whale and your and Ricky McClellan, it was just a uh, Craig McCull- it was just about characters and that's what made our club so great
1: yeah i, I think we um i think we forgot at times uh, about the importance of the individual within all this um we all know that we you know, it's it's the the greater good and it's the club that's got to be good etc but it's only what people do that make the difference and footy's only about people and if you disrespect your people you you're going to lose something in the longer term and I mean, if you look at Richmond, how wonderful we were or they were from 67 to 82, you know, yep. top, top four, ten times, five premierships, wonderful stuff. But by 1989, they, they were stuffed. They, were they had no yeah. money, couldn't win. They were terrible. And my view is it's because we sort of got too involved in the business of it and forgot about the respect for people. We demanded Absolutely. so much yeah. from, our, from all of our people, but virtually... When the crunch came we gave nothing back.
0: Barmy you had a nasty knee injury uh you accepted life membership at Richmond and you retired and you went to South Australia.
1: I certainly did yeah unfortunately um I, cu- I couldn't run anymore I couldn't There was um no good um so I did want to keep playing but it, it wasn't going to be that way unfortunately as I said I had a, a, a real job but I was offered a, the opportunity to to go to Norwood to coach their team which was a quite a uh, they're quite courageous. You know, They're a fairly traditional team themselves, but they've picked this you know, 27-year-old bloke who's a touch mad, we think. Um, but fortunately, <laughs> they, they thought I knew a little bit about footy, and I, and I learned an enormous amount from them when I got there. So uh, I loved it. It was, a, it was the best thing I've ever done. And, you know, really? People like Wally Miller who ran it. Oh, because it, it made me think. A bit more about footy and how does it really work and how do people work. It was uh, wonderful for me, and, yeah. and I went there with, with in my job as well and started a little uh, business over there. We, well, I finished up running um, about sixty or seventy people working for us, running a manufacturing plant. So it was a really good life.
0: Did you find Did you find that you could get a better result out of some blokes as a coach than, than others could? I think you think you get them adrift. Is a drift. can you be a good coach, which you were with ordinary players?
1: Oh, I think, mean, well, yes, of course you can. Um, you just need to get the most out of what you've got, um, and the co- and the players have got to suit your system. So you've got to understand what the game is, and then you've got to understand what they're capable of, and then you've got to encourage them or challenge them to be as good as they can be. And then that's when you're a coach, because you don't expect them to be better than they can be, because yeah. you understand it, um, and but you challenge them to be as good as they can be. So... I mean, if you, look, even if you look at our Richmond side in 2017, which was so wonderful that we won that, I've always said we weren't the most talented team, but we were the best team that played together. We yeah. actually really played well together, and that's because Damien challenged all these players to be as good as they can be within how good they could be, if you know yeah. what I mean. There, some, there were some stars... Obviously, but um, overall, um, we got a lot out of our blokes.
0: So I, I don't think there's any doubt. No, the, the the waffle and the sandful, which is Western Australia and South Australia, they were serious competitions. I can remember playing practice games against uh, Glenelg, end-of-season games against uh, your mob, uh, might have been Sturt or something like that. I tell you what, there was no social atmosphere. Uh, they, they were a really serious comp- uh, uh, competition. The sandful.
1: Oh well both um West Australia and South Australians love their footy and they yeah. you know, they, they really do love it. They know that um, there's more people in Victoria and that there probably um there's more probably more really good players but they always reckon they can compete with them and they not quite often did beat them or it's um it's a really significant I Well, I mean that that's what footy is though, isn't it that's club footy is about just challenging yourself and enjoying yourself and trying to beat someone else. And Absolutely. you were a, a South Australian playing a Victorian, it was, it was even more of an incentive because they, you know, yeah. they, they have a bit of a chip on their shoulder.
0: Yeah, so, uh, so after 11 them. years at Norwood and you went to Woodville West Torrens and uh, there was a few phone calls and one of them was from Punt Road to come back to Richmond. Uh, what went through your mind before you made a decision to settle on the hallowed turf at the MCG?
1: Oh, I, mean, I had spoken to Richmond a few times, but um, I, I didn't really think... Well, I thought I might suffer the same way as each, every other one of their coaches they'd appointed for oh, last yeah. two years, and they wow. all decided you're no bloody good. Yeah. Um, but I, I wasn't really in in the, in, the, in for that. But uh, I mean, Melbourne approached I me. Mean, it was really I was sort of bit of a, a bit out of the blue. And again, um, I said the best thing I ever did was go to Norwood. Well, then the, the next best thing was taking the job at Melbourne. So to be able to coach in the AFL is a you know it's a marvellous opportunity for, yeah. uh, for people just to do now. In the end, it was a bit unpleasant the way it finished, but I mean, i still got a great relationship with nearly all of the guys at the club, the blokes who, who played with or for me and, and the club itself. Um, yeah. It's a great thing to do. It really is. I'm really uh, rapt to have been able to do it.
0: And then by Craigie Cocko, he'd roll over in his grave, GR, if he knew you were going to go to Collingwood as a football <laughs> administrator. Tell us how that came about, because it was just out of left field. You're a fantastic player. You're a successful businessman. You coached uh, Joe Gutnick's side and all of a sudden, you end up with Mick Moldhouse at the Carringbush.
1: Yeah, it was it? well, I went there before Mick went there. I'm um, uh, sure he was coaching when I was there. I'm not not even quite sure how it did happen. Um, they approached me and maybe they'd heard a bit, a bit about the fact that I was reasonably suited for it, um, but I hadn't done it before. It was all brand new, but uh, loved it. They had a fantastic time and we got mixed back to coaches and we picked yeah. up a, da- damn good, a damn good side too, so I really enjoyed that. Um, that was 99 to 2006, yeah. um, which was you know, really good fun. I, I fell out in the end a little bit. It wasn't too bad, but it was... It wasn't all that pleasant, but that's yeah, I mean, that's the way it not, is. Yeah. nothing lasts forever. And then the luckiest thing that happened to me wow. is that I was approached by Geelong to go there. No, they were absolutely outstanding. That so how long amazing. had Frank
0: and Cookie been the uh, the trifecta down there before they approached you to go and join them uh, under the football management administration?
1: Yeah, no, I think I think I think they'd been there. Well, obviously Frank had been there all his life, virtually, really. Yeah. Um, uh, but Cookie had been there for a little while, and Davo was uh, was actually the yes. footy manager at the time. Yes. Uh, and they'd they had a bad year, which sometimes clubs do, and they sort of did a bit of a review, and I thought, oh, we need to make a change. And I was fortunately was the one that they uh, they approached to do it. And, and Steve Hocking and I ran the footy department there for you know, for eight years or so and it was um, marvelous. I, I remember getting there early and I said to Steve, these police look pretty bloody good to me but no one was really saying they were and he said, Yeah, I think I think they are Yeah. And fortunately we you know were able to put it together and Bommel was a terrific coach, really had a great relationship with the players and you know, some of the players they have they're just, you know, out and out champions. So you know, yeah. people like you know, Scalo in defence, and um, you know Joel Sell with a new bloke coming in. Little Gaza was the, there, yeah. Yeah, little little <laughs> Gaza running around, and you know Jimmy Bartell and Cameron Ling. And you know, uh, just, Rock, just, Rock
0: just Ling looked like him. an unmade bed, but I tell you what, you wouldn't mind him leading you to war, would you? No, exactly. No, you, went, you, 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 you went back another short stint at Collingwood. Let's get to the main thing before we thank you very much for being part of the show tonight, uh, Neil Baum. Is you ended back uh, at Punt Road in 2016, and now you're still there and we've got two premierships and you, you've got an idea uh, for more. <laughs> yeah, of the hundreds of thousands of smiles you put on the faces, but also you know, and you'll tell us here tonight, just how hard they are to win.
1: Well, they are, but um, I, I mean, I'm that proud of our club at the moment. We're in, you know, you t- people talk about culture of footy clubs, and normally you say, well, what they're talking about it, they don't know what they're talking yeah. about. So it's, it's almost impossible to define. But the attitude of our club over the last three years and going forward has just been outstanding. It's been so, there's so so much humility about, just doing your job and doing as much as you can and giving something to someone else and being selfless about your own role. and That's for everyone. Yeah, And you know that that's hard in our game because you've got to have a big ego. You've got to believe in yourself. You've got to expect a lot out of yourself, particularly as a player. But at first, if you haven't got that, you're no good to us. But then if that drives you, well, if that drives you too hard, well, you're no good for us either because you're just worrying about you. And we've got almost none of that, which yeah. is why we've been able to turn... Uh, the last three years into you know three of the best years that the club's had and, and hopefully this year with all the difficulties around that we'll uh, get our act together we're we're, we're going reasonably well and um, we've got a bit to do but but I get a feeling that we're we're getting there the system's working yeah. well we just got to get the blokes playing it playing that little bit better
0: Tony Jill uh, rang me uh, five weeks ago about an hour before I went into theatre and got me new uh, my new hip in and it's uh, going okay and he said oh it's a walk in the park. And I rang him when I got out of theatre. I said, what park were you walking in? But I can still... We we were talking about the time you came in on uh, the Wednesday before the 2017 Grand Final, and we were going up against Adelaide, who were red-eyed favourites, and you said, and you looked around at each and every one of us, and and we love each other as, as premiership players, as I said... We reckon we've got a real show and uh he reminded me that and it was just fantastic It's been great talking to you I wanted to celebrate your 50 years in footy it hasn't finished oh, I appreciate yet it. but what yeah, a I career it's it. a career it's been and uh, and thanks very much Barmy for joining me tonight on Rexy's footy Night line.
1: Uh, Any mate. Fantastic. Good mate, on lovely. you. Thanks, Thanks very, very
0: much, uh, Mike. If we just uh, get a little bit of that crowd going as we go to the break. And that was Neil Balm. And when the history of the Richmond Football Club is written, Balmy will go down as one of the great players, as one of the great clubmen, clubmen and one of the blokes who could drink anyone under the table. He is a star.